Iraq is currently facing its biggest emergency since the rise of ISIS. Protests have erupted in Baghdad and other parts of the country as young people, fed up with political corruption and lack of opportunity, take to the streets. I'm Kayla Craig, and this is a special episode of the Love Anyway podcast. At the time of recording, the numbers have grown to more than 100 protesters killed in Baghdad and cities across Iraq. More than 6,000 people are reported injured. Prominent religious leaders are calling for the government to step aside. And there's a real fear that ISIS could exploit the situation to cause even more chaos. But this crisis doesn't just affect Iraq. It affects all of us. My colleague, Ben Irwin, spoke with two members of our team in Iraq, Aaron Wilson and Hassan Ibrahim, to get the latest on the situation, why we should care, and what we can do about it. It is 11 p.m. on Friday night in Iraq, and my colleague, Aaron Wilson, is here to talk about the crisis that's unfolding currently. The news comes in, in kind of waves, like, very early this morning, there was some news from, from journalists. They were able to get information out. So you mentioned this is not the first wave of protests, not even within the past year. What is different from your vantage point this time? People here are just tired, tired of the corruption. The young people are tired of not having work. They're tired of not having basic services like, like water and electricity. And I think that that's what's so different this time is that it's just the people. It's not being driven by anyone else's agenda. It's not being driven by a political agenda. They're desperate for change. I think it's most concerning when the people feel like uh, they're not being heard and they have no options left. Iraq just went through an election which saw historically low turnout for the post-Saddam mm -hmm. era, and a lot of people said that they were just so fed up with the same story, the same kinds of people coming into office and not really delivering the kind of change that ordinary Iraqis are looking for. So, like, is there any hope that just, like, doing another way round of elections would solve anything? I don't know. Um, but I do know that, that there have been strong calls by people, people in power for patience so that reform can happen. And... I think there's just no appetite for reform anymore. They, they are looking for something different, something new, but I'm, I'm not sure where that's going to come from. So the rally began by several hundreds and start to increase on the same day uh, to thousands. The protest was initially peaceful security forces began to try to disperse the protesters by beating them with sticks, spraying with uh, hot water and tear gas. That's Hassan Ibrahim. He's part of our team in Iraq. You might remember him from season one of the Love Anyway podcast. Most of Hassan's family lives in the south of Iraq, close to the unrest. The government has cut off the internet service and the roads leading to Baghdad, making it difficult to communicate and send pictures or videos that document what is happening and keep the Iraqi citizens in isolation from the world. More than 
50 people were killed and more than a thousand wounded in Baghdad. Dozens died or wounded in the rest of the southern provinces. Those were the known figures as of Thursday night. The numbers are much higher as of today, Sunday. There is also fear that ISIS will try to exploit the situation to cause further chaos. At the end of September, the Iraqi government removed several military commanders who were crucial to winning the war against ISIS. The head of Iraq's elite counterterrorism forces was transferred to a lower-level position without explanation, adding fuel to the protests. And so all, all of the people who were, who were responsible for um, really wresting Iraq back from, from ISIS are no longer in a position to use their experience or uh, skills anymore. It just leaves a totally open window for, for ISIS to, yeah, continue with their plans, continue on doing what they've been doing. It's been so long since ISIS made headline news outside the Middle East that it might be tempting to think that they're gone. But they are anything but gone. The only thing that ended with the end of ISIS was the end of rule of territory. They no longer formed their own government. They no longer collected taxes, that kind of thing. But they're still here. They haven't gone anywhere. There have been attacks weekly, if not daily, in some parts of Iraq all along. They have not gone away. Young Iraqis are desperate. They're desperate for some kind of control over their lives, desperate to prove themselves, desperate for a government that looks out for them and not just for itself, desperate for a future that isn't shaped by war. The Iraqi people, the, the protesters, are not demanding anything that any of us wouldn't want for ourselves and our kids. Basic services, the chance to work. Like, who of us don't want that? in our lives. We all want that. This doesn't have implications for just right now. It has implications for at least two generations, what happens in Iraq right now. We don't have the luxury of turning away. We all pay the price when we turn away from each other's pain. This is why we stand with them. This is why our work here continues to be so important. We know that Iraqis are, especially the young people here, are incredibly intelligent and savvy they have so much promise and potential. The problems facing our friends in Iraq can't be solved overnight. Iraq has known war almost a whole generation. It takes time to mend wounds like that. But the lack of opportunity people are protesting right now is one of the biggest contributors to war. Which means if we can help create jobs for young people in Iraq right now, we can help them write a different future we can actually start to end war. Or we can look away and do nothing and watch as Iraq descends into yet another war. Our belief is that job creation ultimately leads to the end of violence in Iraq. I fear that if this violence continue, it will lead to more violence and instability in Baghdad and the other cities. These empowerment projects that we start here, these, these small business grants that we, that we disperse, these people that we work with here, 
to help them realize their their hopes and their dreams. Really, I think that's the most helpful way forward. And it's through those very practical steps that they'll know that they're not forgotten. They'll know that they're loved. They'll know that they matter because they do. (laughs) They do matter. The people of Iraq urgently need you to stand with them. When you give, when you donate monthly, you help create jobs for thousands of young Iraqis. You help them write a different future. Please stand with our friends in Iraq and help stop the next war before it starts. Go to preemptivelove.org slash podcast where you can easily donate. I'm Kayla Craig, and this is the Love Anyway podcast.